Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Miami Marlins Hot Stove with Kyle Seeloff and Steven Strong. Come on! Is it enough? And the watch is gone! Looking up, does it have enough? Yes! There she goes! And the pitch is swung out and missed strike three! There it is! They've done it! The drought is over! The Marlins beat the Pirates 7-3! They are postseason bound in 2023! In or out of season, Marlins baseball is always on Fox Sports 940. This thing working, baby? Huh? I think so. Just when you thought you wouldn't have to hear from us again until <laughs> February. This is the Marlins Hot Stove Show. We are back for another off-season of Marlins programming, of Marlins content for you, alongside one of the great showmen of our generation. That is Stephen Strom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness gracious, we're back. I'm Kyle Seeloff. It's great to be back with you. Fox Sports 940 Miami, the iHeartRadio app. It is what, Tuesday, November 7th? Rangers wrapped up a World Series a couple of days ago. We are live in studio. Uh, goodness gracious, I didn't want to see you again for a couple of months, but here we are, buddy. It's good to see you, Stephen. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. It's awesome to be back with you. It's awesome to be back on the airwaves and uh, live here at a beautiful station here. Um, I, I, look, there's a lot of news to get to. Um, Is there? A lot of news to get to. We we've got a great guest. We've got a great show for you guys, and uh, I'm just, I'm so happy to be back, man. I missed you. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking about saying right, yeah, the same we, thing, yeah, yeah. and uh, I think we're working towards that. No, uh, it, it it really is good to be back. It's been a little over a month since the Marlins wrapped up what was an incredible season, Stephen. And I think we'll start right there because. You know, you know, we we can get into some of the changes. We're not going to shy away from anything that's happened this offseason. Peter Bendix, the Miami Marlins president of baseball operations, is going to join us in about 20 minutes. There's a ton to get to. We'll talk about the changes. We're going to talk to Peter about what this adjustment's been like for him over the course of the last couple of days. There's so much good stuff to highlight. Luisa Rise is up to win a silver slugger. Yep. Skip Schumacher is up to win the National League Manager of the Year. Bell's back in. Soler is out. The club option on John Birdie has been picked up. Look, there's so much to talk about, but the first thing I do want to do is reminisce a little bit yep. because I think it's fair to work our way backwards before we really start to look toward uh, what is 2024. The baseball season does not sleep, and we don't have a whole lot of time to reminisce, but let's start right there as we've been about a month removed from the conclusion of the 2023 season. As you think about it, what really sticks out to you? Yeah, I, I think the resiliency. I think there's there were so many hurdles throughout the season with injuries, with um, guys going down, with just different situations. I mean, it, it all led up to that 
that weekend in Pittsburgh, Kyle, it was very symbolic of the entire season. That night in New York where we sat there and waited on a rain delay and waited and waited, didn't get to Pittsburgh until 4 or 5 in the morning. That's a lot for blood with those Mets, by the way. I know. And and I I thought that that really captured – if you're a Marlins fan, it just made sense that that's how it would or that's what it would take to get into the postseason. But I I think looking back, it was a resiliency. 84 wins. It's a 15-win improvement from last season. 80-plus wins for the first time since 2009. Um, First-year manager Skip Schumacher, what a phenomenal job that he did. I think the resiliency from not only the managers to the players, I thought it was a resilient 2023 that, of course, uh, ended pretty quickly in Philadelphia. They lost to a really good Philadelphia Phillies team. But the big picture is this, Kyle. There's not a lot of people that expected Miami to be in that spot. Now, like Skip Schumacher said in his final presser of the uh, 2023 season, Mm -hmm. we now have a standard. And it's up to our players to protect the standard, and they now understand what winning looks like. And I think that's really important to have that. Let let me ask you this, because I think about it often. The players believed a lot earlier than I did, than we did, than the fans did. But when do you think they believed? I think the the Solaire walk-off against the Washington Nationals. I think that was a huge turning point. Uh, Because remember, the Marley, it was kind of like – they had lost three out of four against the Mets. Yeah. They then took two out of three against the Twins. They kind of were like floating and floating. I thought that that game against Washington where the Marlins were down a run going into the ninth inning, and this was all with two outs, by May the way. May 16th to yeah. get them to 500. To get them to 500. I, it was three to two, and I remember it, this was with two outs. Garrett Cooper had, had uh, ripped a double. And it was Jorge Soler who hit a two-run walk-off home run. Well, he assaulted that baseball. Yes, he did. Yeah, and that was really, I, I thought, not only, let me tell you this, I thought not only that was the time that the Marlins believed, but that was also the big breakthrough with the Gopher. I know you hate talking about yourself, mm. but that was the big breakthrough no, no. where it was like, okay, we're having some fun here. And it was against Hunter Harvey, by the way. That You know, that was a bit of a breakthrough, but... They did end up a couple of weeks later when we were in Colorado, and that was the bad, bad boy thing, but yeah. whatever. They were 25-26 and 26 in Colorado. It wasn't until they went to Anaheim and swept that series against Trout and Otani yep. that they got to 500, and that's when they didn't look back. But I, I think they believed a lot earlier than a lot of other people did, and you know something that we talked about all season long. I think the belief stemmed from a culture that was put in place in February. Yep. Um, I have said this so many times that – you know, if people are going to pay money to watch you, their their attitude was that we're not going to embarrass ourselves, we're not going to embarrass you, and we're going to give the organization and the fans of this great franchise something to be proud of, right? So that comes back to Skip, who obviously and deservedly so is up for National League Manager of the Year. Um, you know, you just go back and take a look at everything that transpired. The 33 one-run victories, 41 come-from-behind wins, and probably some of them so late. The nine walk-off victories at home, you could go and detail all those. They were all dramatic, it felt like, in some way, shape, or form. Uh, bottom line is that the organization has a lot to build off of. Yep. I thought it was great news the other day that Josh Bell is back in the mix. Massive. Right? Massive. So Bell and Arise and Chisholm, Sanchez, De La Cruz, Berger, who's there for the long haul. There's a lot of questions to be answered. I think I think I want to get into that a little bit later. I don't know how much time we have here in the first segment. We I need think to do this for three hours. No, sir. Uh, we'll do it one hour uh, once a week. Don't get carried away. Okay. Um, but uh, one hour every Tuesday moving forward. We are. So we're going to be live on Fox Sports 940. If we're not now, then we're talking to ourselves. We're pretty sure we're on the air. <laughs> uh, on the iHeartRadio app, and we're going to flip it to 
actual podcast page when we can. We're going to put all the GoPro footage up from the shows. Uh, I know people have missed us, and they certainly want to see us, so we're going to put that um, on the YouTube page. But um, nonetheless, an incredible, incredible season. It culminates in a playoff appearance, the first one in the full season in 20 years. And I think the bottom line is that there's a lot to build off of. Now, how can they do it? in 2024 is going to be the question. This is how it starts, though, Kyle. I mean, it, very very seldom do you have teams that it, they're like one-hit wonders, unless you're just buying, 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 and you're trying to go all in for one year. And I'm talking just not about baseball. I'm talking about all of sports, really. You have to have a starting point, right? And, and just like I, I think I'm thinking college football right now, usually you bring in a head coach, and he has to establish his culture. Then he brings his, his guys, his recruits, whatever it may be. And that's where it starts. And I think for 2020, this was a tremendous starting point for Miami to again uh, feel what it what it's like to win and now you have a manager in Skip Schumacher who has more experience he's coming back with year two he has a chance here to um, you know obviously work with a a great new president of baseball operations who we're going to have on the show later on but uh, yeah I, I couldn't have I couldn't have dreamt and I know you could probably couldn't have either uh, about a, a better first year for for you and your position for me and mine for 2023 and really this was all new to all of us like for Skip it was new for a lot of the players for the first time in Miami but uh, to experience this together it, it really did at times with the comebacks with the moments the cycle it did kind of feel like a fairy tale at some point like this is special this isn't it normal was, yeah it was it was it, it it at times felt improbable yeah and every time it felt improbable they continued to find a way to win which I think is where that word special comes in. It's just sure. every time they were down and out, there's no way they're winning this one tonight. The, you know, the, the cards are stacked against them. Um, they're not going to find a way to win it. And more often than not, they probably believed a lot more <laughs> than we did, self-admittedly, and they would find a way to come back and win. So 2023, incredible. Um, now let's get to a little bit, and we don't have a whole lot of time here, it's, but we have to acknowledge it, what has transpired since the conclusion of the season. That has seen the former general manager, Kim Meng, not pick up her part of the mutual option with the organization. So the Marlins currently do not have a general manager. I look forward to asking Peter Bendix coming up shortly yep. if his intention is to hire one. So Kim Eng has departed the organization. A couple of other noteworthy names to note, though. Uh, DJ Sfillick, who joined the club in 2017, he ended his tenure as the senior director of amateur scouting, and Adrian Lorenzo ended his tenure as the senior director of international operations. So we're talking international operations, a gentleman who was leading the charge in terms of drafting. You no longer have a general manager. Peter Bendix just spent 15 years with the Tampa Bay Rays organization. He now comes over, and he is going to be tasked with assembling a baseball operations department, and there are many, many wonderful and terrific people there, but obviously there's positions that need to be filled. Yep. And it's a unique spot where you're not coming off a disastrous season Bingo. and where you feel like you need a full-blown rebuild. How can Peter Bendix, working with the Rays, which you know is never an easy task and they are a contender every single year, how does he now put this thing together in Miami and try to capitalize and work off the success that they had last year? Yeah, I think the most interesting part about all this is, again, you're hiring a guy in Peter Bendix that is coming from Tampa and, and a similar market and um, similar situation coming into Miami. But the biggest difference is a lot of times you're off a disappointing season. 
you're coming off a, a, a season where you, you lost a lot of games and you hire a new GM. That's not the case here right. for Miami. Right. They're bringing in a guy in Peter Bendix who's been with the Rays since 2009. He's been involved in amateur scouting, research, pro scouting. Uh, because the front office was so small, he was able to get his hands dirty in multiple different facets. And uh, how does he do it, Kyle? Well, I think it, you, you first got to start in analyzing the roster and what you have right now. And I think um, some of the, the point of concern from last year was, you know, I know the double plays was a big thing. You know, how, how do you want it? What's your philosophy? Um, what worked from last year? What didn't? I mean, uh, one of the things I'm sure that he's going to be very open to is listening and mm-hmm. listening to everyone that was on that playoff team in 2023. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think if we're going to get real, I, I think the offensive – Numbers. I mean, they the Marlins. I'm pretty sure uh, scored the lowest amount of runs um, as far as playoff teams were concerned. Uh, the, the, the run differential was a massive. Yeah, the run topic differential of conv- topic of conversation coming into it. I don't want to get too much into this because I actually do want to get into it in a yeah. little bit. We can take a look at the good, bad, and the ugly sure. and where they need to improve in our uh, in our dumb minds here. We can we can yeah. well, you know what, yeah, Peter? You. If you're listening, <laughs> Peter, well, you know, we're Here's gonna put this thing do. together for you, Peter. Don't even worry. Yeah. Uh, sit we got back it. and relax. If you're out there in Arizona at sixty five at night, settle around the campfire. If if you need advice, just come to Steve and I. <laughs> um all right, let's here's what we're gonna do. It, it's already three minutes past, so uh let's take a break. I don't want to hold Peter up too long. Uh we'll re- we'll be right back you're listening to the Marlins Hot Stove Show, and when we return, we will be chatting with the Miami Marlins' newest president of baseball operations, the third in franchise history. Peter Bendix joins us on this other side of the break right here on Fox Sports 940 AM Miami and the iHeartRadio app. Miami Marlins Hot Stove is underway. This is Fox Sports 940. Back here on Fox Sports 940, Miami, and the iHeartRadio app. Good to be with you on a Tuesday. It's the first episode of the Miami Marlins Hot Stove Show alongside Steven Strom. I'm Kyle Seeloff. Uh, look, here's the deal. We are going to be with you every Tuesday moving forward. We'll take a couple of weeks off around uh, the holidays and around New Year, but uh, they have demanded that Steven and I join you every uh, Tuesday moving forward at 5 o'clock. So we're going to do that, uh, and here's the deal with the Hot Stove Show this season. We'll be live from 5 to 6. Fox Sports 940, your home for Miami Marlins baseball, uh, also alive on the iHeartRadio app. After this, Stephen and I uh, have a couple of ideas. I think we're going to record everything on the GoPro. Yep. I think we're going to put that on the Marlins YouTube radio page. And in addition, as is customary all season long, anything that we do, It'll be flipped to the podcast. So, uh, you know, if you missed the first segment tonight, if you got to leave and got to run here after uh, an interview with Peter Bendix, who's going to join us, the Marlins president of baseball operations here in a minute, you can get it on the podcast page moving forward. Yeah, we we just want to make sure everyone is covered for Marlins radio. Uh, we had such a fun year, obviously, in the regular season in our two postseason games, but we just want to make sure that you know that we're here for you. We're here off season long, all off season long, rather. We'll have our podcast. We have some different content up our sleeves. But, uh, Kyle, I'm very much looking forward to this. You know I'm old school. You know I love sports radio. I know this is Marlins radio. Yeah. But bottom line is we're going to be here every Tuesday. And yeah. um, I'm very much looking forward One to it. One of the great showmen of our generation, Stephen <laughs> Trump. Uh, we could probably do this for three hours. Stephen would like to do it commercial-free. He'd also like to hear from all of you. Uh, you know, one of these weeks we'll open up the open phone up the lines. Phones. We have a, a, a loaded show tonight. I don't even know if we got to everything we wanted to in the first segment. But we, we talked about, obviously, organizational changes. 
there's a new direction now for the franchise. Uh, Peter Bendix, he will join us again momentarily right here on the Marlins Hot Stove Show. Talked a little bit about Luis Arise, Josh Bell opting in, Jorge Soler opting out. We'll chat about, hopefully, uh, we get Peter to the chat about that in just a couple of minutes. Uh, the Marlins exercised the club option on John Birdie. We talked about what a magical season it was. Uh, but the bottom line, at least for me, Stephen, is that this is a very exciting time for the Miami Marlins franchise. It's a new day. It's an exciting time in a very unique situation. I'm very curious to hear what Peter has to say because one of my questions is, hey, a lot of times you hire a new GM, usually the previous season was a disaster or a disappointment. You're not getting either of those this year for the Miami Marlins. You're getting a guy that had a similar background as far as where he's coming from, and he's going to come into a team with the Miami Marlins that just made the playoffs for the first time in a full season since 2003. I think it is very unique for someone to jump into a situation like this. The energy must be high, and I cannot wait to hear from him. All right, well, here's what I'd like to do then. I don't want to wait any longer. Joining us now on Fox Sports 940 is our first guest of the Hot Stove Show season. He's also the newest member of the Miami Marlins organization. It was announced yesterday that Peter Bendix has joined the franchise as the president of baseball operations, the third in franchise history. He comes to Miami after 15 years with the Tampa Bay Rays, including the last two seasons as the senior vice president of baseball operations and as their general manager. Peter, thank you for joining us and making some time for us this evening. Uh, welcome to the organization, and I will simply start by asking you, how the heck are you doing? Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. And I'm doing great. I am thrilled with this opportunity. I'm thrilled to move south and join the Marlins organization. And I'm thrilled for the challenge ahead of us. Peter, can you uh, take us behind the curtain a little bit here and explain to myself and Steve and along with the fans what the last couple of days have been like for you personally? Uh, the word that comes to mind is whirlwind. Things, uh, things come together quickly. That's kind of how things happen in this industry. So I know that's a thing. And yet until it happens to you, you are not fully prepared for it. So to go from an interview, um, in-person interview over the weekend to agreeing to take the job. And then Monday morning, I flew out on a 7 a.m. flight to Phoenix where we're having the general managers meetings. And so, uh, this week I'm, I'm here in Phoenix and, uh, hitting the ground running with just the off-season getting going, and really everything coming together at once. Hey, Peter, Steven Strom here. Thanks again for joining us. Why was this the right opportunity? You know, there's, there's so many positives of this organization, and there's so much opportunity here to, to really kind of make my own stamp on the organization and build on so many things that are, are heading in the right direction. And we saw it last year with the, the major league team making the playoffs and having a really exciting year. And there's a ton of talent in the organization, top to bottom, players, people, everything. I'm really looking forward to, to getting to know everybody, to understanding everyone's strengths and, and help maybe fill in some of the weaknesses. Is it different taking over this position on the heels of a team that's coming off a playoff appearance? You know, I think it is. I think it's, it's not the, the typical situation where a team is turning over their top leadership, uh, but it's, it's an appealing part of it, too, because, like I said, there's a lot of talent on this team, it, evidenced by how successful last year was, and some things went right last year, but that, that happens in every year. You need that to happen. There's a ton of pitching talent. There's a ton of, uh, of just you know, interesting young players and a lot of different people with different skill sets. Gibbs is, is a great manager from everything that I've learned about him so far, and I'm really excited to get to know him and his staff. There's just a lot of positives around the organization. 
the third president of baseball oper- operations and franchise history, Peter Bendix, joining us here on the Marlins Hot Stove Show. Uh, Peter, I think you just alluded to it a little bit, and this is more of a two-part question for you. I'll start with part one. What most intrigued you about the direction of the Miami Marlins franchise and what you saw from looking at it from afar? I know that's difficult to do when you are the general manager of another ball club. Yes, you're right. That is that is difficult to do. But as I learned about the people in the organization, starting with Bruce, certainly at the top, the people are what makes an organization great. And having alignment with goals for what, what we want to build the Marlins into, both on the field, off the field, the type of culture, the type of organization that we want to be, that was really important. If I'm going to, to leave a wonderful organization in the Tampa Bay Rays, that it was going to come to a place that, that also has the similar goals for what it's like to work for that team, how, how people want to feel proud to be a member of the organization and, and really have fun building something along the way. Uh, there are plenty of goals that I'm sure you have already started to put in place and certainly more down the road. I think as a fan, Peter, a lot of folks would love to know how do you plan to build this club and keep the winning momentum from 2023 because I think, understandably, people and fans of baseball teams would immediately say, oh, no, we just want to be competitive again. We don't want to see the whole thing broken down. So how do you plan on keeping this baby competitive in 2024? You know, that's, that's a great question and certainly have, have no intentions of, of breaking everything down. It's all about building long-term sustainable success. And those, those are buzzwords, right? What does that actually mean? It means making really disciplined, long-term focused decisions at every point. And so how do you, how do you build sustainable success in that way? You have to be always thinking long-term. And that doesn't always mean that you are sacrificing the short-term, right? You can do both at once. But having that long-term vision in place at the same time and always thinking about one eye on the short-term, one eye on the long-term, and building to a point where the Marlins can have you know, important games in September every year. Peter, you talked about sustained success. You did that in Tampa. What is the formula to doing this year after year with, again, like you said, the resources at hand? It, it really starts with the people. It starts with everybody in the organization pulling in the same direction. It starts with setting clear expectations and, and clear guidelines for what we're trying to achieve and then empowering really good people at all levels to go achieve those goals. And so, you, you know, a, a baseball operations department is an enormous machine an enormous thing that is ultimately comprised of people with different backgrounds all trying to build a winning team. And so if you get the right people in the right spots, you empower them to do their jobs, you give them freedom, flexibility to try something new that might not always work, but to know that trying new things is part of our identity. It's part of what we need to do in order to, to stay ahead of the pack. Um, and so it really starts and ends with people. Finish this sentence for me. What is the biggest lesson or my biggest lesson I learned in Tampa was? Oh, what I just said. It was the importance of people and culture. And that's something I'm going to say a lot, but the people and culture that the Tampa Bay Rays have is second to none. And not only does that allow you to build the most strong foundation and strong organization that you can have, it also just makes all of the hours, all of the, the lifestyle and all of the 
time and effort that you put into it, it makes it much more worthwhile because you're doing it with people that you enjoy. You're having a good time along the way. And ultimately, you're remembering that this is baseball. Baseball is fun, and winning is the most fun. It is baseball. It is fun, Peter. But, boy, we get stressed sometimes. Uh, This is the president of baseball operations, Peter Bendix, joining us on the Miami Marlins Hot Stove Show. Uh, Peter, I don't want to do you any disservice here. We could probably do this for a couple of hours. I am fascinated by your story. But could you just tell us a little bit how you, I guess, got your start in the game? I know that. You were an intern in Tampa Bay. But where did you fall in love with the game of baseball and how this has gotten you kind of in your life to where you are now? Well, I grew up in, in Cleveland in the mid-90s, and the Cleveland Indians teams from those, those years were just incredible teams. They were selling out every single game. I was fortunate enough to go to a handful of games and fell in love with baseball, right? And right around the time that that franchise um, started to kind of rebuild, that was when I was in high school and I started to learn more about, more about baseball beyond just showing up as a fan. Uh, you know, prospects in the minor leagues and how things are done. And uh, the book Moneyball came out at that point, and I started to learn about analysis and scouting and all these different things. And I started to believe that maybe there was some kind of career that could be had here, even though I hadn't played in baseball at a high level. Uh, it combined everything that I was passionate about, everything that I was interested in, and I set out to see if that was a possibility. I ended up with an internship with the Rays in 2009. Their front office was pretty small, so it allowed me to get just a really wide variety of experiences very quickly. And I built that up over time and pride myself in having the perspective and experience from a lot of different areas and connecting those areas and helping people kind of understand complicated concepts and helping just different departments improve and get better and try new things. And that has kind of propelled me to to this spot where, you know, as part of the Rays and certainly as, as part of the Marlins, what we're going to need to do is to be unafraid to try some new things and really make every dollar play like $5 and really try to, to figure out what we can do to compete with, with teams that are going to be spending a lot more money than us. And that challenge is just so exciting. Now that you are ahead of the baseball operations department, what is the inherent pressures that come from this role? I think the primary pressure is really just trying to be as good of a leader as I can. And it gets back to the people and to try to empower people and support them and get to know them and and learn who they are and what makes them tick and figure out how I can set them up for success. Because if I set our people up for success, that is going to lead to success on the field. That is going to lead to us bringing in the best players. That's going to lead to us developing them into the best versions of themselves, that's going to lead to the wins on the field. So trying to figure out, you know, how I can, for each individual, everybody's a different person. What do they need from me in order to be successful? Peter, earlier this afternoon when uh, we threw it out there on social media that you would be our first guest on the Hot Stove Show, a lot of people, a lot of different fans had questions for you. Uh, this question came from Jose, and he's not making any bones about it. It's short, it's succinct, it's to the point. Uh, Jose says, Peter, what is your first and number one priority of business this offseason? I like that one. That's a great one. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know if there's necessarily only one thing. Right, I'm I'm learning the roster. I'm learning what's going on. Obviously, with uh, with Josh Bell opting in, Jorge Soler opting out, 
that's a lot of offense that we're going to need to replace. Uh, feel pretty good about the, the, where the pitching has been last year, what we have coming back pitching-wise next year. And so really trying to figure out how we can build out that position player group to support what should be a pretty good pitching staff. Uh, Peter, in terms of the baseball operations department, uh, this is uh, obviously another big question that's going to need to be answered. There are certain positions that have been vacated over the course of the last couple of weeks, um, and I'm sure there will be plans at some point uh, to potentially even expand the department, but obviously it needs to be filled out where everything uh, east to west and all over the globe are filled. Um, but the one big question is, do you plan on hiring a general manager? Where does that stand right now? I don't have an exact answer for you. I, I, you know, this is day two of the job, and the, the first thing that I'm doing is just understanding the people who are here, understanding what roles are open, understanding what skills we need to bring in, and don't want to force anything and certainly don't want to make any rash decisions. And so I don't really want to put a timetable on that or, or any other role. I have to learn as much as I can about the organization as quickly as I can. Peter, uh, what have your conversations been with Skip Schumacher, and, and what sort of has impressed you not only across his playing career and first year in manager, but just his overall leadership style? I've been most impressed by the fact that every single person that I have spoken with outside of the organization about Skip before I took the job, after I took the job, has nothing but the highest praise for him. And Really, that comes from people with all sorts of different backgrounds, all sorts of different experiences in the game. The, the way that he leads people in the clubhouse, the way that players respond to him, the way that he empowers the players to, to be themselves, be the best version of themselves, and really commands that respect, those are all things that I think are incredibly important in a manager. And ultimately, at the end of the day, the manager is the leader of the team. Those are the things that are going to, to get the most out of players. Those are the things that are going to allow the most success. And they're often the things that, that fans don't necessarily see. Those are the things that happen in the clubhouse before the game in terms of managing people and managing egos and all of that. And I've heard nothing but wonderful reviews of, of Skip in, in those areas. Peter Bendix with us now on the Hot Stove Show, the new Marlins president of baseball operations, Stephen Strom, Kyle Seeloff. Last one for me, Peter. Uh, what is your leadership style? My leadership style is um, I like to my, think of myself as a, as a pretty humble guy um, and really authentic. I, I am who I am, and if I try to be somebody else, I'm going to fail at that. I value information. I value perspective. Mm. I value critical thinking. I value humor. I think you have to be able to make fun of yourself and other people in order to, to really get through uh, the grind of a season. And I value the authenticity in myself and in others that looking for what makes a person tick, how I can help them, how I can support them. I, I truly think that's, that's leadership in a nutshell. Peter, on the way out the door here, I think this is a fitting way to wrap it up. You just talked about the importance of leadership, and you are authentic. You have been true to yourself. You know who you are, and you know the way you like to lead. Um, I would ask you as we let you go, Peter, and again, thank you so much for joining us. I know this has been a hectic last couple of days for you. What does the support, um, we'll start with your family and friends, and especially your wife, Lauren, meant to you throughout the journey of your major league career. It is a daunting, daunting sport, and it takes 365 full days. 
You know, the Marlins aren't just hiring me. They're hiring Lauren, too, in a lot of ways. She is, she is wonderfully supportive of this crazy lifestyle that we, leave, that we live. And she's just my rock in a lot of things. When I'm feeling overwhelmed, when I'm feeling underwater, whatever it is, she's always there for me, reminding me of my strengths and pointing out ways that she can help. And really, she's also... You know, as someone who's been with me through kind of my senior level uh, time with the Rays, she offers a really helpful and, and unique perspective into a lot of different aspects of, of running a major league team that I've, I find invaluable. And so really all, all parts of that, and, you know, we're going to uproot our life in, in Tampa Bay and move down to Miami and put roots down and get out to know the community and, and really uh, hopefully be there for a long time. You're putting roots down in a good place. Peter Bendix, again, uh, on behalf of Stephen, uh, thank you so much for joining us. And on behalf of an entire franchise and a wonderful, wonderful fan base, welcome to Miami, and I am thrilled. We are all thrilled, and we cannot wait to see what you do over the course of a long, long journey with the Miami Marlins. So thanks again for the time tonight, and we look forward to meeting you soon, Peter. Thanks very much for having me. All right, that was the Miami Marlins president of baseball operations, Peter Bendix. And, uh, again, we cannot thank Peter enough for his time. I can only imagine uh, what a crazy last couple of days and probably a last week uh, it's been for Peter. But, uh, Stephen, before we take another break, I guess kind of your initial reactions from what was I thought was a very fascinating, open, and honest conversation. Yeah, he, he said part of his leadership style is being authentic, and uh, I thought he was very much that during this interview, and we always appreciate that. I, I'm super excited. I cannot wait until spring training now. Of course, uh, the excitement level is through the roof, but just getting kind of a feel for uh, his, just, just hearing the voice, right? Just understanding where he's coming from and hearing his strategy and, and how he plans on going about, uh, you know, for the first time in his, in his career, a, a pretty big moment for him having to fill out certain positions. So I, I'm very interested to see and I'm very confident in uh, what he's going to bring here to Miami. And I think what people will like as well in terms of the honesty aspect of it, you know, there, make no moans, bones about it. It will not be a $500 million payroll. There will not be a half billion dollars invested into this thing. But the one thing that he said that I think is going to resonate, how could I make a dollar feel uh, like five, uh, right? Just, just about to say it. That's 15 years. Yep. That, that's what he's been doing for 15 years, and he's done one hell of a job at it, and I, I'm pretty confident he can bring that to Miami. Yeah, very much so. Very excited for him. All right, good stuff. So uh, let's take a break. That was the Miami Marlins president of baseball operations, Peter Bendix. Uh, when we come back, we'll, we'll continue to break things down a little bit. Maybe we'll even take a look at that free agent tracker out there in Major League Baseball. Never too early to do that. This is the Marlins Hot Stove Show. This is the Hot Stove Season with Steven Strom. I'm Kyle Seeloff. Back. Marlins, baseball Marlins baseball is always on Fox Sports 940. Well, back with you on Fox Sports 940 AM Miami and the iHeartRadio app. Good to be with you on a Tuesday, our first hot stove show of the offseason. Stephen and I are uh, working on another little project as well that uh, – can't say a whole lot, but it kind of goes in tandem with something really cool the organization is putting together. So uh, you'll start to see another little something that we're working on coming out here in just a couple of weeks. But uh, with Stephen Strom, I'm Kyle Seeloff. Great to be back with you. Uh, Stephen, we've got about 17 minutes left here. we got about 10 minutes in, in this third segment. Um, let, let's pick up where we just chatted with Peter for a Please. moment. And I know we just had a conversation with him. And again, we thank Peter for his time. Um, thoughtful, insightful, 
honest, knows exactly what he's inheriting. And to your point earlier, this is a lot of what he's done the last 15 years over on the West Coast in Tampa Bay. And this happened quick, Kyle. I mean, this was a this was a weekend. Deal that happened quick. Yeah, I mean, that, that is crazy. That's crazy. Um, so yeah, I mean, authentic, very well spoken. He's been there before. He's done it in a similar situation. I'm I'm just I'm super thrilled um, to have him in Miami and to see what he does with the roster again that just got to the playoffs in 2023. But um, there's still some 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 work to be done. Actually, a lot to be done here. And uh, I don't know where we want to start. The the good news is Josh Bell just opted in. A massive I thought massive news for Miami on and off the field. Um, we want to start with the well. Let's do Peter's job for go? him. No, he, 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 here's where we'll start. Okay, it, it's it's fair to start. We'll start in the corner with Josh Bell. We'll talk about. Him him in a moment okay you assume obviously he's opted back in now the question is is he going to play first is he going to dh he's probably going to do a little bit of both you know you're set at second base with Luisa rise you know you're set at third with jake berger yep now the question is do they feel as if they're comfortable in the outfield with de la cruz and sanchez and chisholm is that good enough over the long haul um, in the big leagues now before we talk about josh bell there's obviously some needs and throughout the course of last season it became apparent that the marlins were going to be in need of a catcher and a shortstop yep you know we're not going to sit here and speculate a whole lot. There are some interesting names out there, but I think we would both agree that right now a priority for them in the offseason is what what they do behind the plate, the captain, and what they do at shortstop. So I yeah. think that's going to be interesting. You know, there's a guy like Tim Anderson out there. You know, is, is that a fit in Miami? Could Jake Berger speak on his behalf? Obviously, they were in Chicago right. together. You know, what does Miami do behind the plate? Um, and how do they do it? Because I, I, I know you wanted to talk about this with Texas, a team that really relied on the long ball and in, in an era where that, that's really what it's about. And the Marlins kind of went opposite. They went contact. They got a guy in Luis Arise that, of course, ended up panning out another batting champion title for him. But how do you think or how like will the Marlins construct this roster as far as philosophy? Well, he, he, here here's the Jekyll and Hyde part of this to me. Their plan, if you go back two years ago, it was unwatchable. They couldn't stop striking out. They yep. could not win games. Because they went all in on power Correct. and wanted to win with the now, ball. Now, okay, they break it down to last year. We're going to put the ball in play. We're going to make other teams make mistakes. We're going to put the ball in play. If you don't put the ball in play, you're not going to win games. Sure. So it proved to work over the course of a very long season that putting the ball in play, making contact, can win you games. Right when they were getting blown out, and there was so much speculation about the run differential, and I understand the worst in Major League history to go to the postseason. The flip side of this, to me, it is very apparent that if you get to the postseason, you are not going to win without hitting homers. We saw it firsthand in Philadelphia. Yes, we did. Okay, yep. the Phillies just saw that at the hands of the Arizona Diamondbacks, and no, the, the Diamondbacks and the Rangers just slugged it out. The Texas Rangers just won the World Series on the long ball. They pitched well, but when you get to the postseason, you have to hit the ball yes. out of the ballpark. Yes. Now, Miami loses that in Jorge Soler, Josh Bell, Ops in. He was fabulous. Jake Berger and Bell, a full season. Chisholm, he's got to stay healthy. De La Cruz, Sanchez. The power is there. Can they get it out of everybody? Can they first get themselves back? When you get there, to me, you have to hit 
homers. It's very hard come playoff time. And again, we saw this firsthand with Wheeler and Nola. Yep. It's hard to string four hits together in an inning in that pressure cooker of an environment. You have to hit 100%. the ball out of the yard. 100% right. Because that's exactly what happened with Philadelphia. You, you, with Wheeler and Nola, it, it felt like you needed to hit four singles at times to right. just score a run. I mean, even though the only run that they got was um, a fielder's choice, right? Or was it an right. infield single right. by De La Cruz? And, and how was Philadelphia beating the Marlins? Right, with the long ball. Bryson Stott and, and just kind of tumbling the ball around. Correct. Yeah. No, so. absolutely. And I want to add on this too with as far as the philosophy and I, I listen, I, I was I was all in on the contact and, and putting the ball in play, but the consequence for Miami this year was the double play ball. They had a they rolled right. into a hundred and fifty the territory of them. Absolutely. Um but you also have to have the roster. Correct. You have to have the guys Correct. that are uh, comfortable doing that, that tailor their game after that. So that's where again, um, it, it's just it's really it's it's so interesting to me that you're going to get a guy. I, you know, I keep saying this, Kyle, but you are getting a guy that comes into a situation. They just won 84 games. They just got to the postseason. They've got a great manager, and um, you really have a, a lot to build on in 2024. Well, this is not a finished product. I no. I, I am very comfortable where they at, at where they are at as an offense. I think Josh Bell opting back in, and by the way, a massive piece of Josh Bell opting back in, in my opinion, is the way he connected with Brant Absolutely. Brown. Those two lunatics for a 640 game are <laughs> there at 9 in the morning. I know. But, you know, I mean, I remember Skip talking multiple times. He would walk in at noon for a 640 game and there's Bell working out. Right, but those, and I say that in the kindest of ways, they really meshed well. And I have not talked to Josh, I have not talked to Brant Brown, but having an understanding of their connection immediately upon his arrival to Miami, my guess is Brant Brown had a massive part because Josh Bell probably could have opted out, probably got himself maybe a two-year, $30 million deal. Yeah. Um, now, that's the offensive side of things. And we got a couple of minutes because we're running out of time. We got 11 minutes left tonight. Um, the pitching side of things is interesting. Very. For, for better or for worse, the Miami Marlins ran out of starting pitching down the stretch. Right. Sandy Alcantara gets hurt, and you don't expect that. And things do happen. You have the limitations with Yuri, which is totally understandable. That kid was unbelievable this season. But do the Marlins, going into spring training, will they have enough depth? And my guess, you don't neglect that. I'm sure they will. But how many starting pitchers is it going to take next season and the quality of those starting pitchers? Because it's very difficult, as we saw, to be using bullpen games down the stretch, especially it, it, against the postseason. Re- Kyle, it's remarkable to actually think about how the Marlins got in late in this season. I mean, they were literally rolling out three guys, Jesus, Lazardo, right. Braxton, Garrett. Because remember, right. Yuri went to the I.L., uh, and Edward Cabrera, who, who got optioned down, remember? Uh, I mean, he was optioned to the minor leagues. It's crazy. Yeah. It, it is crazy that you know they were mixing and matching. I know Johnny Cueto threw some innings. He got moved to the bullpen. Brian Hoeing did some spot starts. J.T. Shagwell, how many times did he open up last year? Uh, so yeah, and and uh, you could speak better than I can on this, but you know, a guy like Max Meyer. I mean, yeah. this is probably a big year for him to come up and have a huge opportunity with Sandy out and, and some some you know spots to fill in that starting well, We rotation. saw him two years ago, and this is a young man coming out of Minnesota, some drafts back, who's at the top of the organization food chain in terms of prospects yeah. with an electric fastball and a wipeout slider. He's coming off Tommy John surgery. The one thing you have to keep in mind with this whole thing is going into next season, there will continue to be limitations on young guys. Max Meyer may start the season in the rotation. He's not making 32 starts and pitching 200 innings. Yuri Perez is going to start this season. I don't know if he's the opening day starter. Or he pitches game two, three, four, or five. Sure. 
but he will have limitations. He's not making 32 starts and throwing 200-plus innings. That will be something that the Marlins will have to counter with to make sure that not only they have the depth that is required, but if they are in the hunt and they're in a position to get back where they want to be, that they're really comfortable with what's coming up to help them. So uh, there is so much to talk about. There is so much to get into. Uh, The good news is, maybe the bad news for some of you, Steve and I will be back next Tuesday, and we'll be back with you every single Tuesday moving forward. We've got about nine more minutes on the Marlins Hot Stove Show tonight. We're going to take one final break. When we come back, uh, I don't know what we're going to talk about. We'll see. But stay tuned. This is the home for Miami Marlins baseball. This is the Marlins Hot Stove Show. You're listening to the Hot Stove Show on Fox Sports 940 and the iHeartRadio app. Miami Marlins Hot Stove is underway. This is Fox Sports 940. Back with you on Fox Sports 940 AM Miami and the iHeartRadio app. We've got two more minutes for you. Thanks to Peter Bendix, the uh, president of baseball operations, for joining us tonight. Next Tuesday, the ace, who you're not going to see next season, Sandy Alcantara. You don't know that is going to join us. But that is our guest next Tuesday. We invite you back, Sandy Alcantara. What I'm thinking about doing here, Steve, and this is your dream, being in a radio studio, if I just give you the final two minutes every show. Okay, you have a minute and 30 seconds. That starts right now. Whatever's on your mind, what are you doing for dinner? What have you been up to? You have any uh, you have any basketball games you're keeping an eye on? College basketball is back. You're one of the great showmen of our generation. You brought the goggles yeah. from the celebration yeah. uh, that still smell yes. like champagne. And could you explain why those are in here? Well, um, you know, I thought interviewing the new general manager, I just wanted to continue the the 2023 year and just say like this is this is the standard now. Like Skip said, and the I goggles. brought in my goggles, and yeah, they still smell like champagne. And Skip said, you know, take off the goggles. You wanna you want that champagne to sting? Uh, I did not do that. I will do that next year no, you when we're in that same situation. But I just wanted just a reminder. You know, it's just kind of like a token. Like hey, you know, every time I come in here, and I look at those goggles. I just keep my head down. Keep working and i know what the goal is nobody <laughs> loved the idea of putting goggles on more than you. I, I you know what and i tried to i tried to tell you i needed them from amazon you told me you said there's going to be goggles in the clubhouse because i saw everyone all the broadcasters they had them i just wanted to make sure that we were covered i have sensitive eyes i no, also no, no. Were minus five seven five on the contact mine are worse and i didn't need them what are you minus 6.25 each eye so, so you I are you're not- like legally blind if you don't yeah. Where your contacts are. Yeah, and staring at some of you driving. dopes in the booth every single day. It's uh it's it's only made it worse. Okay. Uh that's gonna do it, everybody. Thanks for joining us for the first episode of the Miami Marlins Hot Stove Show. Again, we're back with you every single Tuesday moving forward. We'll take a couple of weeks off around the holidays. You can listen to us live on Fox Sports, 940 AM Miami in the iHeartRadio app. We're gonna flip it to the Marlins.com podcast page for you as well. For Steven Strom and Leandro Soto, I'm Kyle Seeloff. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening.